Hello and welcome. My name is Carl and this is the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, the place where each week firefighters share their experiences and discuss the skills and techniques that they use to innovate, adapt and overcome the challenges of a volunteer fire department, both on and off the fire ground. On today's episode, we were discussing why you volunteered. Uh, we release a new episode every week filled with tactics, training tips and intriguing tales from the fire ground. So please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and share this with your fire family and friends to help others find us. Uh, joining me today, I have four members of my fire family. We have Spencer. Hello. Mr. Kevin. <coughs> Scott. Hey. And Ash. Hey there. And uh, thanks for joining me today, guys. We're going to get right into it. And we're going to start with Spence. Spence, why did, you, why did you join? Why did you volunteer? Well... I'm a second generation firefighter in this hall. Some of you may know my dad. What? Right? <laughs> yeah. Who's this now? <laughs> and um, it just really seemed like the logical step. Um, he was a firefighter prior to me being a person. And uh, so I've grown up with this department, um, both good and bad. Uh, I don't remember specifics, but there have always been um, sitting around the table all of a sudden there's that funny noise and there goes dad and now we're not and of course every practice night um i remember the cosby show was on and i got to stay up late a little bit oh dad was out doing things so <laughs> when my can time came <laughs> exactly not cosby yeah. things yeah, not cosby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this podcast is not endorse cosby and anything he's done <laughs> so i didn't uh there wasn't really a point where I decide, hey, those guys seem like an all right group. It was just a matter of, you know, all throughout, well, they're an all right group, but all throughout my life, these guys were there in some form or another. They all rotated um, faces, but this group of guys was always there. And I thought, hey, that's kind of a neat thing. So I'm going to go and do that also. Nice. Yeah, I've been in for quite a while on the tenured vet here. How many years have you been in there? Fifteen. Fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a stretch. Kev, what about you? Uh, why do I volunteer? Yeah. Now, I what did my, you? My go-to answer whenever anybody asks why I do that is because I'm selfish. Because it makes me feel good. That's why I do it. I've always kind of maybe just the way my parents raised me. I've always been involved in volunteering in some form or another. And it just kind of took me a while to figure out that firefighting was where it was at. I was on search and rescue for several years before this, and it just, it didn't quite get everything that I needed. It couldn't get me everything that I needed. And it, uh, like some of the skills from Search and Rescue did come over and help me to become a better firefighter. But in the end, the fire family where is where it's at. It's way better. I can help the community way more. and I get to hang out with a bunch of assholes like you guys. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> <laughs> Just to cover that one as well, as I was reading my intro, I got text a... Insult, <laughs> which is just what we like to do. Uh, Scott, over to you. 
What did uh, you do? Originally, when I started, I, it's because I was moving. We moved back here after being away for quite a while. My wife and I moved back. And I didn't really know anybody other than Spencer, actually. And, like, I knew a few other people from around town, but I'd been away for, like, ten years, so... Some of the people, uh, I didn't know them anymore, and uh, I noticed there was a few guys in the department that I knew, and, um, you know, firefighting was always kind of something I wanted to do. Um, and then there's a little bit of, well, I shouldn't say a little bit, there's a lot of adrenaline junkie in me, and so I like that kind of stuff, and it seemed like a, th a thing. Um, I also don't like being the guy that's, like, uh, watching other people do, like, the hard work. You know, like, if I was watching... I was put out a grass fire or a building structure fire. I don't think I would uh, enjoy watching that. I would rather enjoy being the one doing it. I think it's kind of strange for people that just stand around and watch. You've always had that urge to go to. Yeah. That's yeah. me as well. I've always, anytime I saw something happening, I've been drawn like I need to go and do something there. Yeah, I'm not one to pull out my phone and start recording. It's like. As much as I don't want to be, I might be the one on the recording. <laughs> Sometimes I get to you in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's the main reason. So a couple main reasons. That's yeah. like the sheepdog mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Ash. Yeah, I mean, I'd say a combo of basically everything that's been said already tonight. Um, like Kevin, I do have a search and rescue background. Uh, join, join those guys. Um, a bit of, again, like Kevin says, because, you know, you want to do something good for, for the community, like everybody says, quote-unquote, I want to give back to the community. Um, I think on paper that sounds really good, but, um, I mean, we don't keep the hours we keep and do the things we do uh, specifically for the community. We do it for the people in this room, the people in this department. Um and for ourselves, I mean, it, it, it's good. It makes us feel good. It makes, uh, uh, and in turn, makes us feel good giving back to the community. Yes, that, that is a, a good fallback on, you know, having uh, some of the skills that we brought over from SAR is, is a good thing. But uh, um, why I joined and why I'm here, I think, are two completely separate things. Um, these people, you guys, the crew here is what keeps us here. Um, not necessarily why I came in, but uh, yeah, the, the fire family is why I'm here. Not necessarily why. So yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Like everything that uh, everything you said for sure. But I think for me as well, um, when I first started hearing about the department was around Christmas time when I first moved to town, and uh, all of the guys were out on the trucks. And uh, there's an old uh, what what kind of truck is it Spence the old the old one that you we run it's a 1952 restored Chevy um, Maple Leaf pumper truck yeah also a little bit of kit and we, we kind of start that thing back up and we roll around different streets of the town um, now anyway but that was that was what was happening and it went by and I just thought wow that's that's awesome what an awesome thing to do around Christmas our fire department's doing that it must be like you know a, a cool <coughs> thing to do right like I thought that, that sounds kind of fun and I've always been a bit of an adrenaline junkie myself so for me that was something that I liked the idea of too um, but there was it was when we had the big fires and I was not on the department yet and I was debating a few months before the fires if I was going to hand in my my resume or not and uh, the big fires happened and you guys were out there like every day for I can't even remember how many days 
a long time. How many days was it? Was it like two, three days? No. Uh, well, it depends. We had, we had, we did have guys patrolling for yeah. regularly, probably for about a week. A week yeah. Say. yeah. And then, and then it went up in the mountains more, and the, the forestry guys took over yeah. more. But it was during that time. I was just like, I, I really wish I knew anything about this so I could go and help. And then after that, I was like, okay, you know, I it was back on my radar. And then actually, I started working. I started working with Kev, and uh, Kev had just joined. Because I think you had joined, mm-hmm. Ash had joined, and then Ash kind of was like, "Come well, with Ash me." Ash was harassing Kev. me for like a year yeah. or so. Yeah. To the dark side, right? <laughs> trying to pull me away from Sar. Yeah. <laughs> so you jumped that ship, and then you you kind of you reignited my fire for it. Like you made me want to go and do it again, and then that's kind of where it all. I'm telling you all the cool stories from the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was the, when the pager went off. You got a few hours off of work. hours (laughs) wait (laughs) he disappeared for like two days big fire fire. (laughs) it was a big direct alarm boys (laughs) but it was that and then once again once you get in and once you kind of you meet everyone and you stick around for that you absolutely stick around for that and again I go back to Kev's point and we were discussing that the selfishness of what it actually all turned out as. And it really is kind of, if you look at it, we all enjoy it. It's fun, but there's definitely a selfish aspect because we all just, we well, like the adrenaline. It's not like it's a torture. Like, no. We wouldn't do it if it wasn't no, some like, sort of reward reward for us personally. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, some people would think it's like torturous. Yeah. Like, some people look at it and go, oh, uh, well, I don't why do would you do that? Well, you're wearing crazy. a hammer mask, you're going to some places on fire, you could pop, mm-hmm. you could possibly die. You're, so you fun! Exactly. You're hiking up a, a mountain when it's like 30, 40 degrees out. And That's actually not fun. <laughs> but we, at the end, it's we, one of those things where you're like, after you do it, you're like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's very, very true. And uh, you can, uh, like, being in the department, you can you can see the similarities between everybody. We're all very, very different. We're all very different personalities. But when it comes to the fire ground and it comes to getting in and doing the job, we all tend to get it done and we do it well because we enjoy doing it and it's fun. You know, Whether it's old history, this push that, or whether it's whatever it is that pushed this all in. So on the, on the fire ground, and I guess being volunteer firefighters, um, on the fire ground, we need multiple different skills, and we have day-to-day full-time jobs. Now, with our full-time jobs, obviously, come different skill sets. So, luckily, I think I think as a bonus, as volunteer firefighters, we bring those full-time jobs and skills, and we use those and we adapt them to try and help us in our day-to-day here, whether that's on the fire ground or whether that's back at the firewall. So, Spence, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall over to you actually. So. What, what do you do and how do you feel those skills that you've got um, from your job help you and the department, I guess? I'm a mechanic by trade and um, I'm a very mechanically apt. Got a high mechanical aptitude, as it were. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the current apparatus officer, so anything that uh, breaks on the trucks or anything um, is my responsibility to get repaired. Either do you the window yet? I did, yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can roll it up and down. Yeah, you're welcome. Driving in the back of the truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm responsible for repairing the trucks, um, and there's a lot of intricacies involved in them. Um, most cars don't have great big fire pumps attached to them um, with the shifters and um, all these sort of things that go with that. So uh, it's been actually a joy to learn um, all about that aspect of things. Uh, I like all things mechanical. I'm really interested in that sort of thing and how mechanical things work. Um, so it's just something that I really enjoy on that end of things. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, again, it's one of those skill sets that because all of everything that we roll <coughs> ends up needing fixing at some point, right? Like, like you said, they're big, they're complex. When you need to get in there, if we were hiring a guy to come and deal with that every time, it would cost us a fortune again. Volunteer fire department, we want to try and save as much money as possible. I'm sure everyone out there can agree. There's not a massive unlimited bucket of money which we can just keep dipping into. So that skill set is is pretty valid. Uh, Kev, what about you? I am the IT manager for a medium-sized corporation, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the tech background that I have, I guess, comes in handy within all the computers and all the technical equipment that we do have here, we don't necessarily have a large amount. <coughs> mm, probably <laughs> kind of inherently due to some of the older guys being afraid of tech and maybe some of the, the more mechanically inclined guys that just don't like using technology as much and stuff like that. So we do have like iPads on the trucks for our, our calling program and we have the apps on our phones, so we get the calls. They come to our phones and, and our pagers as well. And um, I also deal with the communications equipment, so work with the radios and the pagers and and kind of keep all the technology running and keeping us informed and aware of where we are, stuff like that. Yeah, I think because obviously on the scene, communication is massive so having a technical skill set and a knowledge base to kind of back that up it was the perfect fit when we did the new votes it just made sense that you took that over um completely yeah and then again back to kind of ipads on trucks and technology and how it's now advancing what we do as firefighters like we're using new tech um like every one of our trucks now has an ipad we use that to find locations on scene if you know because they keep changing road names and things or wherever else <laughs> Um, again, most of our most of our drivers know the town pretty well. They were all pretty much born here, but there are again some situations where we do need to know where we're going. One tap, and we know exactly where we are. The call comes through on the app we use, and, and we can pull up that data. Scott, yeah, like I said earlier, the um, we had an evacuation a couple months ago, and to do that evacuation properly, we use those iPads. We use the satellite mapping um, that is on the iPads to be able to see where these houses were um, because you know a lot of rural, rural roads and dirt roads and stuff um, a street map doesn't tell you that but a, a satellite map or you would typically tell you at least there's something down there so we could actually go and see these places and mark that we went there on the iPad itself and it was it was a real real time update to the other trucks so they could see um, what was going on and as well as we could see where the other trucks were yeah mm -hmm. and we could mark where the other trucks were we could watch them moving around um, it's something we didn't have even five years ago, four no. years ago. Um, so it's kind of like the old and new meeting, like the old mechanically 
mechanical things like the pumps and the trucks meeting the new technology. Trying to, trying to, sometimes it slides in nice, sometimes you kind of ram it in and it doesn't, it eventually fits. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> All right. <then. laughs> what, what, so what, what do you, what do you do, Scott? <clears throat> what do you bring in off your other skill sets, your other career? Um, nothing trade-wise or mechanical. It's uh, like, uh, I guess I was talking earlier, it's mainly the instructional side. I've been teaching martial arts and instruction, and uh, I, I come up with a lot of, uh, as Spencer pointed out, I come up with a lot of ideas that are in my head, and I try to yeah, <laughs> tell you guys what they are, and, and sometimes they're... They're not the greatest, but you know, sometimes they are, and it helps us in our training, and uh, helps us build things. And um, I don't build things, but I can tell other people what my vision is, I guess, and how I would like it built. And then usually the guys say, "We can't do that," and then they give me another option that is very close to what I wanted, and, <laughs> and it usually works out in the end. Like our, you know, our rebreakable door we just built. And I had a vision. You know, I watched some some YouTube's. Um, you may have heard of it, the YouTube. Yeah, the YouTube. <laughs> um, so I watched uh, various, like I watched lots of different um, things on different doors, um, and I kind of took all those ideas and, and talked to our one of our guys who's a metal fabricator, and found an old door, an old like jail cell door, nice and thick, and he built a frame around it, and and now we have this rebreakable door which we didn't have a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that's kind of the way the training ground is being built. It's being built from, you know, it started out as a dumpster in the middle of the field. And from, you know, that's what, our, that's what all the training ground was ever meant to be originally um, by some of the old timers. And then we were like, no, no, no. We're going to have a burn building here one day. We're going to have a search building. We're going to have all this stuff. And now we have all that stuff. Uh, so it just builds. But we don't just have a burn building. We have built this burn building and we, you know, it's built to what we need, not built by. Some standard that this is, you know, we we I mean I don't want to say we don't follow NFPA, but um, we don't follow the exactly how a burn building is supposed to be made because it's maybe it doesn't fit our needs in a rural area, so we build stuff that fits our needs. Yeah, and we did put a lot of thought in there as to make um, this burn building and this set of four walls as um, usable for a lot of different things as we could. Uh-huh. Right, so we can do um, downstairs attack, upstairs attack, um, through all sorts of doors, and we can change the walls around. So we really made it um, unique that way. That's what I'm looking for. Unique? No. Well, um, functional? Yeah, yeah multi-functional. multifunctional. multifunctional. Lots of, yeah, yeah, there's a word that might Adaptable. <coughs> yeah. But, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It does stuff. <laughs> anyway, regardless, the I think what we got, our training rounds are awesome. Like, if you look at some of the other departments up and down, where we are it's they have grounds some of them are within city limits they're not allowed to burn during certain times we're very lucky that we get the opportunity to do whatever we want whenever we want really um which has helped us on on multiple multiple different scenarios and situations um for tons of different stuff whether it was vehicle extrication or uh, i'm really excited to get into now we've got all of the other buildings there all the new secans and search buildings that reconfigurable search building like just crawling through that in the in the daytime with the foldable stairs and that thing's insane that thing's awesome but again it wouldn't have we would not have that if we didn't have 
all of the varied, yeah, the varied skills yeah. on the department to be able to say, okay, there's a metal can. We're going to be able to cut that in these ways, in these places. And now we're going to insert metal uh, wooden frames inside of there to build all of these different things for for all these kinds of uh, scenarios. It's, it's very valuable, very right. valuable. Yeah. Versatile is the There you go. It began with a V. Everything <laughs> that we build down there, we make as versatile as possible. Yeah. Completely. Mm -hmm. Mr. Ash. Yeah, I think uh, I come from an automotive background. Um, I'm into automotive sales now. Um, I think uh, um, having a bit of that skill set, some knowledge, um, not quite to the extent of Spencer, but, uh, you know, at least the understanding of it. Um, it's not... Uh, French to me, it's you know it, it makes sense. I I I can I, I can sort of understand, um, and then the flip side of that to sort of benefit the department, um, I've worked um, really hard at trying to get us and offer us uh, the best uh, you know the best deals. Whether I'm going to some suppliers direct or if I'm you know working with my company direct and we're we're you know working together to try to help us out. And um, like you said. Any little bit helps when it's coming out of a volunteer department's budget. So, um, you know, little things like that. And uh, I think if you look across the board, there's many companies, whether it be um, a large construction company that donates equipment or donates um, some of their people's time, uh, there's many companies that do that. So, um, just being able to be one part of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, because uh, we we do uh, especially when we we get to the point where we're running our big our big training training seminar that we run uh, every other year. That when we get to that point, I think uh, we call on those guys with their uh, construction buddies and everything else. The companies they work for, big big yeah. companies, and they bring us large heavy equipment to move a lot of the stuff that we need mm -hmm. to shift around we had a, a few cranes we had some high abs we had some yeah. other insane stuff um all to build our giant fiery playground for mm -hmm. a whole weekend but um yeah we, we really get the bonus of calling on those people for those mm -hmm. skills and again when it comes to your stuff i know again volunteer fire department no endless pot of money at the bottom of the rainbow it's just what we've got when we can get it and right. for the best price that we can do and sometimes unfortunately decisions get made on price not necessarily the actual uh, relevance and or, product that you require do you know what i yeah. mean so having that that discount that you that you bring to the department is valuable and has allowed us many times to get the right tool as opposed to something that was just gonna do the job mm -hmm. you know so we've, we've talked about uh, we've talked about why, and we've talked about kind of the skills that we we bring because of that. But let's let's go on to what we pick up. So what we've picked up skill wise from the fire ground, which we now bring back into our careers or or even our lives. There's there may be some things that you you've picked up on the fire ground or from the fire department which you now use day to day, whether in your career or in your life, Spence. I'm gonna go second on this one. Yeah, yeah. We'll start with Scott. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing I get is the um, ability to deal with stress. Um, these stressful situations. I mean, it's not. It's not. 
it's not a skill like a fixing skill, but it's you know we we come into these situations where everything's going wrong. Well, I mean, not everything's going wrong, but everything's going wrong in some some person's life, mm-hmm. and uh, we get there and we fix it. And we don't if, if you don't panic and you you do the right if you need to be trained, you're probably going to make it better. And to know that has helped me in my job now, and to, and all the stuff I've done uh, since I started the fire department. And there and like I notice it when I dealing with stressful situations in my other job then I could be like no this is nothing like this time <laughs> and the entire mountain was on fire <laughs> um, so that's Manitoba. <laughs> so that's my uh, that's basically what I've the number one skill I've kind of gained from, from doing this and then you know the leadership side uh, working with people and and uh, I think I said to somebody the other day you know if you can teach 30 volunteer firefighters something and everyone's kind of listening to you. That's quite that's something because it's very difficult to get everybody to listen, and that's probably one of the harder things to teach. Like you know, if I think if every instructor in the in the world could come and teach volunteers firefighters <laughs> something, that'd be a very good skill to have because it's very difficult. <laughs> it's not like herding cats. It's like trying to teach cats <laughs> <laughs> math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it is a challenge sometimes for sure. I can see that. I think I think though on that on that training thing though I, I would agree like we we do things that are very different with that though I think which is cool it's not like just the old tactics which is why I think a lot of people um, get a little bit more into it like you guys all go out you look hey okay here's a whole bunch of like uh, training stuff that we're dealing with we we look at different pieces of that and then you kind of configure all of these different techniques into something that works and something that works specifically for what we do and what we use it for. So I think there's a little bit more focus sometimes on those techniques. It's it's sometimes challenging to get everybody to focus up, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Spence, back to you. Yeah, well, the um, the discipline of having to um, work toward that that common end, um, and the leadership is is huge here too. Um, yeah, those type of things give me confidence in my um, outside the fire hall life, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ash. Uh, yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I've come into uh, a training role here uh, within the last year, and uh, you know, just just even kind of like Scott was saying, be, be, being able to stand in front of a group, be it thirty plus or. Um, in some scenarios, we try to break it down smaller. Uh, being able to keep the attention of, of these people can be a massive challenge. So when I take that back to my uh, my my job, I'm in a, a leadership role there as well. Um, I think I've changed some of my tactics um, with trying trying to keep the crew at work uh, self motivated. Um, you know, beyond what I used used to do, and then also just the being able to cope. Um, you know, there's things that we do here, like was said. It's it can be very stressful. It it can be challenging to 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 deal with some of the shit that we walk into. Um, you know, so being being able to look at um, a stressful day at work or a stressful day at home, just having that skill that we've learned here um and then transferring that over to your personal life and be, being able to deal with um 
you know, the everyday, sort of the mundane things that seem stressful, it's nothing like some of the things that we have to deal with here. So uh, I'd say that's a really good transferable skill set uh, that I've really learned to adapt into my personal life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Seems to be the same. Kev, what do you say? Uh... My heat tolerance is gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> summer's not as bad. Yeah, yeah, summer's not quite as hot. I, I, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's a very valid point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 40 degrees doesn't seem so bad anymore. Putting that, uh, in, the, in the old NWT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, again, like all the stress and stuff like that, That's it's nice to be able to, like, yeah, a lot more of the things in your daily life seem a lot less. But uh, I think overall for me it was my confidence, yeah. I guess, or my ability to speak up. Because you guys might not recall a couple of years ago when I first started, I was very quiet. And it, I'm not an overly chatty person. So I generally... When I'm introduced to a new group of people, I'm very quiet and reserved. I sit back and kind of listen before I start talking until I feel comfortable with the people that I'm with. Then I'll start talking, and then you sometimes can't shut me up. That's what That's why you can't remember back in the day. I didn't talk much. But, but uh, when you're here, when you have something to say, you need to say it. And it has to be said. And if you mm. just sit on it, it could put someone in a dangerous situation. So you have to realize, and you have to have that courage and confidence to just step forward and say it. So I kind of try to take that back to my personal life, I guess. Yeah, that's a solid point. Solid point. I think it's pretty much the, the, the conjoined everything of what you guys have really kind of said. You know, it, when you when you stand in front of these things and you do these things, whether you're you're helping on a particularly not fun MVI, or you know you, you turn up to a, a truck fire on the highway, right? And you're you're trying to gauge how to approach the truck properly and things like that. Just that it seems like now my my mental clarity of when I'm in a problem, when I'm in a situation which requires my the stress elevation goes up a little bit. I'm way better at, at formulating. A process as opposed to before where maybe it was a little bit not so focused now it's just kind of okay well let's just break this down into some steps and figure out what we need to do here and I feel like again we, we go back to that with with that everybody if, if all of us are doing that we're way better when we're right there doing what we're doing with a hose in our hand or whatever right tools yeah. on the job and exactly that yeah so <clears throat> okay great so I think um that I think uh, we'll, we'll move on to another question now. So, with with being on the crew and obviously all of us being on the department and all of us having full time careers, how do do you find that your employers support you in these roles? How does it affect your career? You know, like because for guys out there, right, they're listening to this that maybe on the fence, maybe they're just looking at you know the potential of maybe I join the department, but what happens with my employers? How do your guys? Or maybe they're employers themselves, and they're dealing with with people that that are on their their crews that have to disappear for fire calls. As volunteers, it can be a bit of a challenge. I know for me, um, if I'm sat with a client 
you know it, it's a it's a very I'm dealing with one of the biggest purchases potentially of their life and for me to have to leave during that process you know if it was something big can look it can look one of two ways it could look like I was doing something very brave and going to do something really you know really important and some people can understand that and then I'm sure there's the other side of the coin I've yet to have it luckily um, but there's probably the other side of the coin where someone looks at that and goes, well, obviously my needs aren't as important as, as this situation for him. And that would be a shame, but I can probably see that some people would think that way, right? Because some people don't always think, not logically, but think they think differently. So uh, I'll go to I'll go to Scott first. Scott, how does your, your lot take it? My current job, I can't really leave, just because of where I am right now. Yeah. Um, we were actually talking about this the other day. Um, I had sent an email out to the bosses, and they were, they were looking into it, because it's uh, something that more people throughout the region, what we do, um, those guys are starting to be volunteer firefighters, and it's something that we don't, really don't have an answer to. I, I believe if it was a two or three alarm, like if multiple calls came in, we could see it from miles away. I believe I could leave, um, but there's no definite answer, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, before I could leave, like my other job, I could leave if it was a big fire. But um, I know one thing we noticed since well, I, I didn't notice because I wasn't here at the time. But I know some of the older guys would say, you know, back in the back of the day, as they say, <laughs> um, we used to have a lot more industry here. So we used to have like um, manufacturing companies here. And a lot of guys are on that manufacturing company. And now, ever since that closed, a lot of guys work outside of town now. So it's not even, you can't get away. It's that if you can get away, you're two, an hour away. So by the time you get here, um, if it's a big enough thing, I mean, obviously it's going to last for, for several hours. But, you know, a lot of times we get here and it's over. Or the big part of the work's over. So there's that, you're balancing, do I leave right now? Or do I just let it play out? And I know there's well, there's two of us in here that worked outside of town. Well, not me so much anymore, but they're you know worked outside of town for quite a while. And I know Spencer works outside of town. Well, we're the same off, yeah. as you. So um, you know a lot of people work outside of town, and it's it's that it's that challenge. Yeah, it used to be definitely. It's because we we see that when the pager goes off, you know, depending on what time of day it is, you pretty much see the same faces, uh, same faces rolling up, regardless of whether you're on you're on duty. Um, or whether it's just you know, a, a complete free for all, and again, even when we do duty crew, you know, duty crew is great, but again, a lot of our guys do work outside of town. And unless it's a big enough call, they're they're not going to drop tools and, and come back. They know, and they hopefully they trust that there's <laughs> enough of us around that yeah. that we can we can deal with it, and we do, we absolutely do. Ash, what are you? Yeah, I just don't tell them. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've I've got a I've got a really good understanding with uh, my employer um, as do I have a really good understanding with my staff uh, I think that's the biggest thing for myself is I'm kind of sandwiched right in the middle where I have people that I have to answer to but I've got a store full of staff that I mean I might have just come back from a lunch and I'm walking in the door and then the tones drop and I've got to run back out the door um, <clears throat> and just like the other day that means that uh, uh, somebody else in there doesn't get to take a lunch in the afternoon. They have to work through it because I just ran out the door. So um, it's a challenge, uh, but also having that good understanding um, 
the company that I work for is, um, it's very family and small town oriented. We've grown quite, quite substantially, but, uh, uh, they have a great understanding of, of what we're doing here. Uh, there's many people in many towns across, uh, our area. Um, a couple other people in management I know are volunteer firefighters in other cities and towns. Um, and it is, it's just a really good understanding that we all have. Um, I, I do think the, the biggest impact is more on my staff than it is on my, on my employer. Uh, so having them on board is, is for sure key. Kev, what about you? I know in, um, in our application process, we're required to get a letter of commitment from your employer as part of the, the package. And I approached my um, employers, and they were uh, they're fairly in tune with the community as well. And they realized that on a lot of these calls, we may very well be responding to their direct family so it was easy for them to kind of say like hey we understand as long as you're not in the middle of a, a huge emergency everything's working fine you're we're not without email or something like that you guys can like I can leave at any time <coughs> they're quite supportive with that so mm -hmm. It's fairly easy for me where a lot of guys can't get away during the day. I can I can usually get away during the day. I'm one of those, the guys on the cruise that are kind of always here in the, in the afternoon. No, I'm one of the farther ones away. <laughs> Some of us are closer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> usually it's hit or miss if I hit first truck in the afternoon. But yeah. The suspense. Um, like Scott was alluding to, I work... Um, a little ways out of town and when I was first talking to my employer about um, the state of the fire department um, it kind of came up that I'm too out, far out of town to make any kind of difference um, if I were to go into town every time we got a call uh, what I would end up doing is driving to the hall getting here looking around seeing nobody here and going back to work or whatever so it was kind of like a, just a, it seemed like it would be just a, like a dead spot in my day. So um, the agreement that we've come up with is that uh, if we do get a call, I'm going to monitor it. If it seems like I can make a difference, then I'll go. If it's an alarm activation, <laughs> I'm not going to go. Mm -hmm. If it's an MVI, well, we'll play it by ear. Um, if it's to the south, maybe I'll think about going direct. Mm -hmm. or um, you know if if it just seems like if I get the feeling that I can do something I'll go um, but then there's two other things that uh, that happened regarding my employer in the, recently uh, last Monday we had that grass fire um, and me and my coworker were, were just um, chatting about what we were up to that day um, when I get a text saying oh there's a grass fire at such and such a road and some other road which is basically the driveway to my shop so I looked out the window and there's this big cloud of smoke 
so we both decided, well, yeah, it's time to go. Um, so I discussed it with my coworker, and he started to bring a, a tank of water over because we have that kind of resource. And I just bolted, met up with one of the trucks, and was able to do some work make a difference. and make a difference, right? Um, so that's the sort of thing, like anything nearby. Um, what I was thinking of doing was uh, calling ahead to the hall to see if the next truck could bring my gear. Uh, turned out I didn't really need it. I had coveralls, I had boots, and it was wildfire. So I almost had the the right gear that I needed. Um, and the other thing is, um, there's wildfires burning here in rural Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> As if we all don't know. Um, and one of them, there was concern of um, it threatening my company's property. Um, so just over the weekend, um, my company asked me, hey, you're a firefighter, can you go up and, and do something about this? And really, the wild... firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll put my cape on. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, well... Give me more water. Still put yeah. that thing out. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the time, it was 25 hectares, I believe it was. So it was, it was substantial. Um, and me and the same coworker that brought the water over to our other fire um, went up there and we brought a bunch of resources. We brought um, spray tanks. I work in agricultural. We brought big spray tanks and tractors. Didn't bring me. <laughs> <laughs> was just saving all the fun for himself. Exactly, yeah. Um, I... I I thought that I'd call, but the other thought was that we weren't going to do anything. I, I truly believed that we were going to stand around making plans all night and then not do them, and it would be a dud. Um, turned out that me and this other coworker and um, a couple of other guys were sort of involved a little bit, um, put 2,000 gallons of water on this fire. It wasn't moving much, but we found... And it was rocky and steep, and there wasn't much that we could have or would have done. But we found a spot that was kind of encroaching closer to the rest of the property. So we we put out spot fires at that location. Um, so, yeah, going back to the, the question, my company is supportive, absolutely, um, when I can make a difference. And that's the big thing. They don't want me leaving work just to... to leave work and go to the fire hall and either sit there or turn around and come back, right? Yeah. I guess yeah. 20 minutes out each way is, you know, by the time you're there and back, and you know, that's an hour and, yeah, that's a yeah. big thing. Yeah. I think, uh, just to follow up on that, I think, like, for my employer, um, it was the unspoken thing, kind of like you say, if you're going to make a difference, um, I need to be mindful, like, can I leave? Am I able to step away? And also, if I'm really busy, if I step away, like, if I'm super busy and I've already heard the first truck go out, I mean, I'm three minutes down the, the road from the hall. It's really close. So if I'm already hearing a truck leave and it's not a large call, I have to make that choice of, is this, like, am I going to make a difference? Am, am, is my skill set as a second view truck really going to be needed. Oh, it's like um, an alarm call. Is it going yeah, to be something? I'm probably not going to go, alarm? right? I'm going to stick with the crew. I'm going to stay at, 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 you know, work or whatever. Um, I think we, you know, Kevin and myself more so being the guys that go almost every call. 
we need to be mindful and not overstep what we're being allowed to do. Not, um, not abuse the privilege because it is. We have no given right that we have to be able to be allowed to leave. So being mindful of uh, of the call of the time and like what what's happening in our jobs. If it's big, I don't care what it is. I'm gonna go every time because I'm right there and they understand that. But just have to be mindful. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, with mine again, it just comes back to. Who am I with? Where am I at? What am I doing? Right? Same, same sort of thing. But yeah, I kind of be your own boss. But I kind of lucky with that factor. But again, your clients are really your boss. It already comes down to what they're, mm-hmm. they're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, uh, I got, I got, I got another question that just, um, just to kind of throw it out there. So, with uh, what's kind of the best with. Um, with our department, we're, we're full, but we do still get applicants pretty regularly. So if you knew somebody that was looking to join a department, would you, what, what, would, what would be your advice? Like if you could give a new guy one piece of advice, just something quick, what would you say? Did I tell you something? <laughs> what did I say to you <laughs> when I talked to you in the coming to the department? You actually, you actually just got the application form and just gave it to me. and was like, fill oh, it I, out. I filled it in for you. <laughs> I think you think you did most of it actually. Yeah, yeah. So are you talking about someone that's interested? In- someone that's interested in joining. So if you knew someone and they were asking, hey, you're on a volunteer fire department. What, what would you? I think it's the same thing. We tell the applicants when they get to the because um, we we do some interviews, obviously, um, and. I think uh, talk to your wife, <laughs> or your family, or, family or, or your husband. girlfriend, or, yeah, or, or yeah, our husband, and that's what we. That's the piece of advice we give in the interview. Yep. Does your wife, spouse, Do they know whatever, what you're getting into? Do they know what you're getting into. That's what we always say mm-hmm. because it's important because it's a whole it's a whole family affair because you can't just be like gotta go and they're not supportive of it because that won't last long. Yeah. Either your marriage won't last long or your so that's a piece of advice. You gotta totally help people that. Yeah. Make sure everyone's on board with it. Because it is a lot of commitment. It is. And it is. when you're, it's like we're like a freaking mafia family. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's like, like when you were in, it's like, no, no, no. You know, the, way, the spouse has to be there too because, yeah. you know, they're helping with sandwiches or with stuff like that. And you know, on yeah. calls and bringing fruit and water and looking after the kids and. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot like a mafia family. Yeah, we're super, yeah. super lucky with that. For sure. Once you're in, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ash? Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. There's a few of us in this room that are on the, the selection committee, so we sit down with these people that are coming in, and you know, you have to speak with them, and um, you know, just ask. The, I don't want to say the tough questions, but things that they're probably not thinking about. I mean, people come in, yeah, I want to be a fireman because it's cool. Oh, yeah, it, it is cool. It is fun. It's awesome, right? Like, you know, it's, some, you know, some of the most kick-ass shit that we do in our lives. But um, there's the other side of that coin of, you know, the employer that you're you're walking away from, the family that you're walking away from, and you're going to miss Christmas. You're going to miss... I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably a fireman already. I mean, you're Pretty probably not going to listen to us if you're... you're 
on the fence or not. But on the fence, maybe. Maybe on the fence, maybe on the yeah. Fence, no, yeah. for sure. So, I mean, this is good information for you as well. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say make sure that you and your entire family are fully aware. Make sure your employer is aware. Uh, almost prior to, to your application, um, make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, and then make sure that you're on the same same page. Uh, it's one thing to think, but it's going to be cool to run away from a, a birthday party. But, uh, yeah, I mean, missing Kevin. You know, <laughs> uh, my daughter's third birthday party. Um, Kevin and myself ran, ran away, leaving my new girlfriend with my ex-wife to look after <laughs> oh yeah so about uh, <laughs> divorce rate in the fire hall yeah divorce rate in the fire hall yeah uh, <laughs> yeah le leaving them together for the basically the first time to run a birthday party was uh yeah that was a moment for sure but uh that was captain's first structure fire so. that was a good call <laughs> that, was a, that was a really good call yeah um, so I would say make, just make sure that you and everybody else around you is fully aware um, of what you're getting into. Ask the questions beforehand because I don't know how other halls do. I, I love what we do here and we, we really we, we really push that. Yeah. I can't just drop that was a good call without explaining <laughs> the call because everyone's like, oh, what was the call? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, when we were sitting there, there was a bit of a wind going. And north of town, all of a sudden we got a call for a grass fire that was moving quite aggressively. So, run to the hall. Again, it was my first call. Mm -hmm. So, I put on my gear, sit beside the truck. Our captain looks at me and goes, hey, you know what? It's just a grass fire. Jump on. So, I jump second on. Second you've tracked at that time. Hmm. Were we second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we were. The big boys. Yeah, yeah, I was second, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, we went running north to head to this grass fire and as we get this grass fire call a structure fire call comes in i didn't hear this over the radio because i'm just sitting in the back going oh yeah yay first call Holy shit, this is cool <laughs> right? and all of a sudden the guys <laughs> next to me are all throwing their masks on and stuff and i'm like what the hell's going on the truck's turning around we're going south because the structure fire is south of town i'm like what's going on ash is sitting beside me like structure fire throw your mask on and our captain kind of looks back and goes, okay, who's on the truck? Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but yeah, it turned out really good. Mm -hmm. Good fire. Nice. Mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. Scott, you want to I think uh, to couple with that other thing we were talking about, uh, that we tell the new people that are thinking of applying, we also discuss the death issue. Mm -hmm. Not the fact you're going to die, but the fact that uh, you're going to see things. Mm -hmm. And are you okay with that? And I don't think anyone really knows if they're going to be okay with it until they see it. Um, but they have to realize that it's not just all putting out fires. It's putting out NVIs. It's in, sometimes it's putting out fires, but inside the fire, someone's it's a person. Someone, it's a person. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's not just death. It's death in many forms. Yeah. It's, it's mm -hmm. death usually in a very bad way. It's not someone fell asleep, or like, well, maybe say fell asleep in their car. <laughs> yeah. But it's usually like someone died in a, not a very nice way, um, burning alive or, or having mm -hmm. a car accident. So we make sure they know that. And I think people know that. They just, a lot of people don't think that. You think firefighting, you think firefighting, but there's yeah, many other aspects of what we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it be MBI or recovery. Mm -hmm. or body recovery. Body recovery, for sure. That's just it. Yeah. You can sit there and you can say, I'm totally okay with it, everything's fine. And then you get to it and you're like, oh, wait a second, what's that? 
odd feeling I have from the back of my mind now. It's mm-hmm. weird. But it, I think preloading it before they even start is a good idea. Not being like, everything's rainbows and lollipops, and then they show up, and then they start seeing this stuff, and then it starts affecting them. Because yeah. I think you uh, you wrap your mind around it early enough, um, you may not feel the effects as much. I, I believe it, I don't know. Yep. I'm no psychologist. Because that was <laughs> one of my skill sets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did not bring that to the fire. <laughs> Spence. So seeing as how you guys poached my answer to this, <laughs> I'm just going to expand on that a little bit. My advice to a, a person on the fence thinking about joining a fire department is absolutely give it a shot because it's fantastic and rewarding, but it's not for everybody. Um, there's the death and the dismemberment and the, the horrible things that people aren't supposed to see that we see in the line of our, our experience here. Um, a lot of people really aren't wired to to experience that and that's okay that's just fine um but i say it's, it's worth a try to find that out for real mm-hmm. uh there are other things um i can remember a bunch of members um there were excellent people and excellent firefighters but just couldn't um i remember there was a guy called gary who was on a long long time ago before i was on um couldn't go to mvis and it ended up being that he quit. And I remember a couple other people couldn't go to MVIs because of their past experiences or the way they were wired, etc. Um, we had a member, a fantastic firefighter, went on in leadership role, couldn't climb a ladder. Just couldn't. Yeah, and he was a fantastic leader. Um, and that's okay. There's lots of people on the fire ground that can climb ladders and can go to MVIs. So if you do have that... Um, relationship with your fire department and say look recognize that yeah Mm -hmm. i'm afraid of heights i can't climb ladders no one's gonna make you Mm -hmm. right mike never went up a ladder and that was fine um and also uh there was um back to the the death thing and all that um i've personally seen a bunch of horrible things with kevin also um but one of the things that stands out in my mind um one of the earlier MVI calls that I went to, um, I can still hear it in the in the back of my head, a baby crying. There was a baby in one of the cars. Um, one of the calls I went to was a lift assist, pretty innocuous. The last words a person ever spoke was, oh, hi, Spencer, as I walked into the room. Kind of sticks with you, right? Mm-hmm. That type of stuff. Um, I get through it really comfortably because... I know that from the time a pager goes off to the end of the call, I do everything that I can to try and make this better. And I'm, and that makes me sleep at night and it makes me feel better about everything that I see, right? Um, but it's not for everybody. I'd say if you're interested, absolutely, 100%, give it a try. But leave yourself an out if, if you can't because that's okay. That was all good stuff for the PTSD episode. It's true. I think uh, one of the things that we went to in a car accident the other day it was a fatal. And uh, one of the guys in the truck, he's a, para- he's a paramedic also, he said, as soon as we heard, uh, we heard that it was probably a fatal over the radio um, in code. Um, but we knew what it was. And he actually said, this is going to be messy. Is everybody okay on the truck? And like if, if someone was not okay, you're doing traffic control. Or you're doing something else because, like Spencer said, there's always something else to do on the truck, just like anything else. Or sorry, on the fire ground, not on the truck. Um, just like 
I'm not going to be pumping. As we discussed already, <laughs> we are mechanically inclined. Absolutely, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm okay with seeing death. I hope for the most part. So far, I am. Anyway. Until later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Jury's out. But, <laughs> but I'm not going to be the guy running the pump, but I will be the guy that I'm okay with going in to see things like that. Or do yeah. things like that. So everybody, like, expand on what Spencer said. There is uh, a job for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for the yeah, most part. That even goes back again just to that, that multiple skill section of, yes, we do have a couple of guys that are paramedics and having that extra skill set. And even just being able to read the radio and know that what we're going to step into is going to be that kind of a situation and give the guys a heads up. It's a, it's a massive, massive asset. You're very lucky to have that. I think that's all we've got time for this week, guys. Um, I appreciate you all coming. Thank you very much. Again, everyone listening, we, uh, we release a new episode every week. So it is filled with tactics, training, tips, and intriguing tales from the fire round. So please, again, hit that uh, the subscribe button. Leave us a rating and share this with your fire family and friends to help others find us. Thanks again, everyone. Take care.